Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to The Philip DeFranco Show. Hit that like button, make sure you're subscribed, and let's just jump into it. This Amaranth situation is disturbing for a number of reasons. Amaranth, or Caitlin Siragusa, she is a massively popular streamer, OnlyFans model, entrepreneur. And oftentimes in the past, when she comes up on the show, it's related to a business or entertainment, but rather, uh, this story is in relation to her alleging that her husband is abusive. And I do want to warn you right at the top, if you are a survivor of domestic violence, or if this subject is hard for you, it's difficult for you. Some of these clips that we're going to talk about and show, they're going to be triggering and hard to watch. And I'm also going to include links down below for anyone who might need help. But let's talk about the key things with the situation, right? Caitlin does a stream this weekend, and at one point she's talking to her husband on the phone after he allegedly threatened to kill her dogs, and he just yells at her over and over. What are you saying? You just told me you were going to kill dogs if I didn't do a 24-hour stream. Nope, did not say that. Now you're just fucking being a liar. I'm not I just... said it! I said I'm going to... He then continues to scream. He tells her to get out. Also, uh, at another point, you have Caitlin talking more about the situation. The therapist even told him that it's a form of like psychological abuse and that I'm basically living in a fancy prison. And then he was changed for a bit. And then the hot tub meta arose and he was like, oh, this is an opportunity. And then he turned into an asshole again. With her also claiming that he was the one who didn't want her to publicly reveal their marriage because he thought that it would be bad for the business. Even though she said she thought that just saying it might help their relationship, but he wouldn't let her. You want me to tell them I'm single? It's about to be true, piece of shit. Also saying that he's threatened to take her money and just leave her with a million dollars, which I know is a lot of money, but considering she makes eight plus figures a year, in the terms of how much she actually generates, it's a tiny fraction. And saying that he'd actually be able to do this because he's the one with access to the accounts. Always threats, always threats. All the fucking accounts are like two factored under his number and all the, he has all the, like the login information of things, you know, it's like the keeps you there with the fear and the threats. She then later goes on to show alleged texts that he sent her that show him cursing at her, making more threats. About to dump your luggage, you know, from the, the, my hotel room, but throwing your stupid merch off the balcony, proceeding to ditch your stuff, deleting social media in one minute. Buying options that expire and blasting the cash. About to shut down the bank account, your bank account too. And that just continues to go on with him then threatening to delete more accounts, take more money. At another point, she says that he actually did physical damage to their house on several occasions, showing damage to a door that he allegedly tried to kick in and a hole in the wall from him throwing things. And it's all just very, very disturbing to watch. And there have been a, a ton of responses online, but I want, I want to start with the, the ones that have bothered me the most. Because, I mean, there is just a, a ton of vile shit out there. You people saying that she was making this up for attention, as well as people who seemingly were more mad about the fact that she had a husband. Right now, I just want to make clear, the, the only part of the story that matters right now are the serious abuse allegations against said husband. The stuff being claimed is disturbing, it's disgusting, it is horrific. And to see people trying to make this about her uh, quote-unquote scamming people into thinking that she was single, that that is the takeaway that's it's it's fucking insane one just in general as is and two for the people out there that are like no that's still too low of a bar if you watch through the live stream and you watch through the the clips that are now viral she even talks about her husband being the one that said we need to keep this secret but once again this part of the situation shouldn't matter and understand that's just one of the the several offshoot arguments that people are making this about other people saying things like any man who's okay or even supports his wife selling her body for money probably doesn't actually love her that then getting pushed back with things like everyone's personal boundaries are different as well 
as other OnlyFans models punching back. But once again, I only mention those things because those things are distractions that do need to be mentioned, but only so we can pass them. And regarding Caitlyn, we've seen a lot of people supporting her, with huge creators like Moist Critical speaking out about Caitlyn's detractors, saying it just doesn't make sense for her to make this up. She's making plenty of money, so she doesn't need money, so that wouldn't be a reason. She doesn't need exposure because she's one of the most popular streamers on Twitch and most popular OnlyFans models, so that probably wouldn't make any sense. So why would it be fake? There's nothing to gain. There's only things to lose because now it's public that she's married. So that would be a detriment. And others adding, this shit ain't fake. It's a cry for help. If you're more offended she's married than being abused, get help. Others saying this situation just proves how hard it is for women to come forward with these kinds of allegations. People calling this a case study about how women can't win. Writing, she's clearly the victim of abuse. There's undeniable proof on video and text messages. She makes all the money and the guy's leeching off of her. Also with this coming out and blowing up since, you had people worried about Amaranth's safety. Especially since the stream she did this week had ended abruptly. People saying that it looked like her internet cut out right as a door opened behind her. So we had people calling for those who know her to do a wellness check. And to that, uh, another creator, Alinity, said that she tried to reach out to her but couldn't. So instead, she requested a wellness check, but... The police can't tell me anything about whether or not she's okay. And that's literally all I can do. Uh, I would like to hear from her. And then we actually got an update from Amaran's content lead this morning saying, people on the team were able to talk to her and she says she's fine. Police went multiple times since 5 a.m. yesterday. She says she's okay, so they can't do much. She spent all day talking to her husband to sort things out. But still, you have people worried until, of course, they're gonna hear it directly from her. But ultimately, that is where we are with this story as we wait to see what happens from here. And I don't know, the whole thing, it's its disturbing, it's scary. I obviously wish Caitlyn the, the best and I hope for her safety. And a key thing that I also wanna say is if this situation hits home for anyone watching, please know that it is not normal for a partner to treat you like this. Relationships can have ups and downs, but not like horrifying roller coaster. I love you. You're the most important thing in the world to me to fuck you. You're worthless. That's not, that's not normal. And a lot of the monsters in abusive relationships are like expert chameleons. And often the, the people that they're victimizing, they'll hide it from their friends and their family because they're, they're like, no, but this person, we, we love each other, right? Don't we? But please know that no one that truly loves you or deserves your love treats you that way. And so I just wanted to make sure I said that. And also, like I said earlier, I want to pair that with links down below for anyone who needs help. And then Candace Owens over the weekend became the queen of the grift because she's she's been a grifter for a while now. But this is it's kind of just fucking impressive. Right? Like a lot of the grifters in this avenue, they they make a ton of money uh, crowdfunding from the, the Stop the Steal types. There's a lot of giving uh, right wing billionaires and millionaires that throw money at content because, you know, it is where the, the narrative is formed. But how Candace Owens has expertly used Kanye West is like it's amazing. Right? She and Kanye were in the White Lives Matter stuff, getting that attention, getting that attention. She gets Kanye to go to her documentary to give it more promo than it ever would have gotten. And then the news broke today that Kanye West is buying the right-wing social media platform Parler, which by itself is like, okay, here we go. Kanye said a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff. He got kicked off a social media platform, so he's gonna buy his own. Guess who the CEO of Parler is? Candace Owens's husband. Be honest, that's kind of impressive. You're able to offload your failing social media platform to yay. Meanwhile, at the same time, he's out there going on podcasts, regurgitating bullshit from your documentary. And understand, this isn't me like absolving Kanye of what he's been doing. He is his own person. He tries to make that clear every three breaths. I get it. But for the last little bit, he has leaned so heavily into the professional contrarian mindset that that makes him like a genius that it also made him the perfect fucking mark. Or how others might put it, a useful idiot. But hey, uh, that's the situation. And right now it appears that Kanye West is securing a platform that he can spew his bullshit from. Whether it be the Death Gone 3 stuff he wants to say regarding Jewish people or uh, the new 
stuff with George Floyd, which actually now, by the way, according to reports, George Floyd's family is thinking about suing Kanye because he's going on podcasts right now saying that George Floyd died from fentanyl and saying of Derek Chauvin, the convicted murderer sentenced to 22 years, that his knee wasn't even on his neck. But yeah, uh, we'll have to wait to see what happens next. And then I want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's show, Squarespace. You know, I've been partnering with Squarespace for years now, and I have to say, if you're getting your business off the ground or creating a place to share your homemade goods, new favorite hobby, current obsession, or even a personal blog to get all those thoughts out of your head, no matter what you're doing, Squarespace is there to help. And it's all so easy. There's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. And creating a beautiful website with Squarespace's all-in-one platform, it's never been so simple. It's extremely intuitive and easy to use. And with their mobile-optimized websites, your content automatically adjusts so it looks great on any device. Plus, with Squarespace, you get access to all their marketing tools and analytics and their award-winning customer care team via email or live chat 24-7. So if you want to check it out, see why so many others love it, see if it's perfect for you, go ahead and start your free trial today over at squarespace.com slash Phil. When you realize you love it, make sure you enter an offer code Phil to get 10% off your first purchase. And then, this Elon Musk, Zelensky, Putin, Russia, Ukraine situation is a fucking mess. So Elon's company, SpaceX, they don't just make rockets, they do Starlink internet satellites as well. And since the spring, around 20,000 satellite terminals have been donated to Ukraine, and the reason I use air quotes is because in fact around 85% of those were actually paid for fully or partially by the US and other entities according to SpaceX documents. With them also reportedly paying for some 30% of the internet connectivity. And I mention that because I think it's a key thing that a lot of places covering this overlook. That said, these satellites have helped the military operate drones, receive intelligence updates, and communicate out in the field, which is absolutely vital since many regular internet and cell phone networks have been destroyed by Russia. Though officials have said it's not a perfect system like in recent weeks, the satellites have suffered catastrophic outages at critical moments, like at moments when Ukraine's forces were breaching the front lines or engaging in pitched battles. With one adding that the connection failures were widespread and led to panic calls from soldiers to helplines. And as to why that specifically happened, one satellite donor said it might result from SpaceX trying to prevent Russians from misusing its services. Right, and that's because the blackouts actually came in areas so recently liberated from Russian control that the shifting lines had not been made public yet, so maybe the Starlink's coverage lagged behind. But that was only one bit of the story that was in the news because CNN ended up obtaining documents showing the company sent a letter to the Pentagon last month saying, we are not in a position to further donate terminals to Ukraine or fund the existing terminals for an indefinite period of time, and further claiming that the services would cost over $120 million for the rest of this year, plus nearly $400 million for the next 12 months. With all of that being on top of the 80 million Musk recently claimed had already been expended on the satellites for Ukraine. So the company requested the Pentagon take over funding for the operations with Musk confirming all of this publicly on Friday. Also, at the same time, he's been accused of personally chatting with Putin, with Ian Bremmer, head of the Eurasia Group Consultancy, claiming that Musk told him he spoke to the Russian president before making his suggestions for a peace plan on Twitter, in which he notably suggested the world should formally recognize Moscow's annexation of Crimea. But also you had Musk denying this, saying the last time he actually talked to Putin was 18 months ago on the subject of space. And so ultimately you had the situation where at the very least, the optics looked bad. You're the world's richest man, maybe meeting with Putin, also publicly floating ideas that seemed very pro-Russia, and threatening to pull vital internet service from Ukraine unless America foot the bill. And so with all of that raging online, it ultimately led to Saturday, Musk tweeting the hell with it. Even though Starlink is still losing money and other companies are getting billions of taxpayer dollars, we'll just keep funding Ukraine government for free. And so following that, you saw a lot of people praising Musk, others saying, you know, this seems like you're you're acting like you're being sarcastic or you're being forced to do this. But we'll see. I know there's a, there's a wide range of opinions on this topic. I mean, hell, my team reached out to a Western intelligence official to talk about Musk and Ukraine, and they replied, quote, uh, Musk is an idiot. He thinks he can do geopolitics like a business deal, but it doesn't work like that. But hey, that was a story. One official's take. And of course, I pass the question off to you. 
What's your take on this? And then, Herschel Walker, America's no-show dad. So Raphael Warnock's opponent in Georgia, been in the news for a number of reasons, right? Herschel's a man who, uh, despite repeatedly railing against absentee fathers, has been accused of not being there for the four kids that he's had with four different women. And now, he's even treating debates like his children. He's not showing up. With yesterday, Walker refusing to attend a Georgia Senate debate. And so we saw his opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock, tearing into him, arguing that his repeated lies about the past, his alleged history of domestic violence, and his inability to even show up for a debate disqualified him. I think it's important to point out that my opponent, Herschel Walker, is not here. Uh, and I think that half of being a Senate, a senator is showing up. That's half of life. And I have shown up for the people of Georgia time and time again. Now, Walker, for his part, claimed that he didn't show up because the debate was going to be biased against him with his campaign, claiming in a statement that the event was a one-sided sham hosted by Warnock's liberal friends. But with that, you had Warnock and many others arguing that Walker just didn't want to go to Sunday's debate because he had shown up for another debate on Friday and it did not go well for him. Right among a number of Herschel's flubbed answers, you had Warnock also condemning Walker for repeatedly saying that he worked in law enforcement and was in the FBI. This despite the fact that there is no record he ever actually did and numerous law enforcement agencies and reporters have debunked those claims as false. And actually, during the debate that did happen on Friday, Warnock specifically took aim at Walker for having, quote, pretended to be a police officer. And we saw this totally bizarre and now viral moment. And you know what's so funny? I am work with many police officers. <laughs> and at the same time, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, excuse me, Mr. Walker, please, out of respect, truth, I, I, I need here. to let you know, Mr. Yes. Walker, you are very well yes. aware of the rules tonight. Yes. And you have a prop. Yes. That is not allowed, sir. Yeah. I ask you to put that prop away. Well, it's not a prop. It, it, this is real. And he said, I but, have a prop. I never worked with law enforcement. It is considered a prop, Mr. Mr. Walker. Yes. Excuse me, sir. Yes. You're very well aware of the rules. Aren't you? Dear God, she's talking to him like he's a child who's saying that he's a pilot because he got an airplane wing pin on a flight. Now, notably, after whatever that fuckery was, Walker's campaign tried to do some damage control, saying that the badge had been given to him to recognize community service work that he did with the Cobb County Sheriff's Department. But then, in an interview with NBC News that aired just today, an anchor asked Walker about that badge, and he responded. That's a badge that I was given by a police officer, and I do have the badge. You have it. I, I carry it with me all the time. It's not. It's a real badge. It's not a fake badge. It is a real badge. Everyone can make fun, but this badge give me the right. If hey, let me finish. If anything happened in this county, I have the right to work with the police and getting things done. People don't know that I've been working with law enforcement for years. Fucking damn it, Walker! Uh, and then it led to this interaction. Does that have arresting authority, or it's an honorary badge? It is an honorary badge, okay. but they can call me whenever they want me, and I have the authority to do things for them to work with them on things. The National Sheriff's Association said an honorary badge quote is for the trophy case. Why make the decision? Well, that is, flash totally, it at that the is totally not true. But to be clear. Key takeaway here, it is totally true what she said, with numerous experts explaining that these honorary badges are often given to athletes and celebrities, with one former Georgia DA saying, Georgia sheriffs were seriously handing out these badges like candy in a candy dish. That badge gives you no law enforcement authority. He doesn't have the power to write a traffic ticket. Georgia, I love you. I've been inside you. I was inside you for a while. Granted, it was in Atlanta, which is really a different state than the rest of Georgia. But how is this man still in this? How is it competitive? Also, with that interview, I want to talk about another subject that was touched on? Are the allegations from a former partner of Walker's and the mother of one of his children saying that he paid for an abortion? Or because in this interview, Walker actually acknowledged that the check, which has his signature on it, was indeed his. Do you right, know what see, this $700 I, check is I have is no for? idea what that can be for. Is that your signature I, on the oh, check, though? It could be. But it doesn't matter whether it's my signature or not. You know how many checks I've written to mm -hmm. 
Yes, that's my check. Right, and when asked what he made of this check, he said it was a lie, seemingly either claiming that the, the money was not used for an abortion or if it was, he hadn't been made aware. But yeah, that is, uh, we, we are now up to date on the Herschel Walker saga. For now, at least, if he is within 20 miles of a party city, like, who knows what else he's gonna claim he is or was. And then, Iran was on fire over the weekend with some calling these fires of revolution. Right, Saturday night, you had Iran's notorious even prison in Tehran, which holds hundreds of political prisoners arrested during recent protests on fire. You can hear sirens wailing. Meanwhile, you had video also capturing what sounds like gunfire crackling in the distance. Plus, there's some reports of objects being thrown into the prison from the outside just before explosions were heard, as well as reports of people on the roof tossing liquid onto the flames and voices crying death to the dictator, which of course, all of this prompting questions like, what the hell is going on? Is this related to the protests? And for many of the regime's critics, the answer to that second question is very likely yes, but the government has pushed back at that suggestion, claiming instead that the fire started in a sewing workshop after a fight broke out between inmates. Though then you also had the state media offering a slightly different explanation, saying it was a premeditated escape plan. You also had one rights group previously reporting that the building where it happened houses inmates convicted of fraud and theft, not political charges, but then also adding that wards have changed over the years. And you had a lawyer for some of the inmates identifying one of the affected areas as Ward 8, where he says the political prisoners are housed. Meanwhile, other parts of the story remain suspicious, like why the government hasn't explained the explosions and the gunfire, not to mention reports of tear gas being fired at inmates, which also, according to some sources, is what prompted inmates to break their windows so they could just breathe. And they have others saying, you know, it doesn't make sense why prisoners convicted of things like fraud would risk their lives igniting a fire right next to their living quarters when they have no chance of escape. But whatever the case may be, and obviously we're going to still try and figure that out, the government puts the death toll right now at eight, with dozens more being injured. Also, I do want to note their official statistics aren't exactly reliable. You have to consider things like, well, state media's outdated count puts the number of people killed during nationwide clashes between police and protesters around 60 people. Iran Human Rights said that last week it surpassed 200, including 23 minors. Which on that note, demonstrations are still ongoing, with videos showing protesters walking through traffic on a highway leading toward the prison, with an apparent show of solidarity with the inmates chanting, death to the dictator. But that is ultimately where that story and today's show ends. As always, thank you for watching, like, and being subscribed to my daily dives into the news. Which if you need some more PDS, I got you here. If you need more international, I got you here. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.